1: The Bruce Hulley Show podcast is brought to you by Hemisphere Coffee com, Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at Hemisphere Coffee Roasters.com. Our number two, Bruce Hulley Show. A reminder that the. Uh, Law enforcement community in the state of Ohio is mourning today the death of a Franklin County Sheriff's deputy, Matthew Yates, died yesterday when he was among the first responders to a mobile home park in Clark County, report of a woman who broke into the home. Details on this are a little sketchy because the photos that I've seen of it show that the mobile home was apparently like on fire. Uh, deputy Yates... Won- among the first to go in, uh, was then shot. Um, There was a rescue effort to get him out. He was flown to Miami Valley Hospital, and he unfortunately did not survive his injuries. So he was part of a SWAT team uh, that responded. Um, Flags in the state of Ohio will be lowered to half-staff in his honor. Uh, Violent weekend in the city of Columbus. Not all of it from guns. Two 14-year-olds are dead after crashing their stolen car. They were not being pursued by police, which given the way activists blame police for everything, will probably be the fault of police. You should have chased him, should have stopped him. But this was, I've said before, a very inevitable outgrowth of the amazing, amazingly depressing number of car thefts that we are on schedule for in the city of Columbus. Hyundais and Kias. Apparently, if you have a Hyundai or a Kia, uh, it's getting stolen. Whatever it is that these manufacturers either do or fail to do, makes their cars uh, incredibly easy to steal. Yes, producer, it's Pam.
0: it's the uh, door handles. They're very easy to just snap the door handle off, and and then there's like a little metal tab. I guess I shouldn't be saying this on the radio because <laughs> it sounds like I don't think I our do audience this. is my, looking to
1: steal a car. My
0: daughter has a Kia, so
1: we we've actually. It's actually missing one of the door handles. It fell off after she purchased it. It mm-hmm. was a couple of years old. It's a nice car, but yeah. you know, they don't have very good door handles. So, unfortunately, somewhere along the line, someone figured out, "Oh, we just, just snap this off yeah. and touch this little metal tab and poof, the door opens." And they're in. So, I know they're saying that people should buy the what do they call it, the club, the thing you put on yes. your steering wheel. Mm-hmm. And you lock that so they can't steer it?
0: That's what they're saying, yeah. yes. Oh. Ugh,
1: good grief. Maybe maybe not steal the car. That'd be my preferred uh, advisory to the youth of Columbus. But at any rate, we have two 14-year-olds dead. We had a 15-year-old who was doing nothing wrong but playing soccer on Friday night when gang members happened upon he and his friends in the hilltop. An argument ensued. The 15-year-old was dead. They shot him. Will we hear anything from Andrew Ginther about that death? I doubt it. Because it's a direct result of gang violence, as is much of the prostitution, the human trafficking, the car thefts, and a lot of other things in our city. It's all gang violence, but we're going to not call it gang violence. We're going to call it gun violence. And we're going to blame it on some ethereal thing that you can't get your arms around. Franklin County commissioners are going to, quite likely next week, declare gun violence a public health emergency. And I, earlier in the show, went through the six things that are said to be in process once a body like the Franklin County Commissioners declares something a public health emergency. And none of the six involve mandatory sentences or crackdowns on gangs or punishment or consequences for crimes. None of the six. A lot of talk in there about systemic poverty, this, that, the other, blah, 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 blah. Sounds like a Kamala Harris speech. It will do no good. Now, this will do some good, and I hope Dave Yost, our attorney general in the state of Ohio, takes uh, a page out of this playbook and applies it to the city of Columbus, which is endeavoring to spend a million dollars to help women have abortions in violation of Ohio law, quite likely, because most women don't know they are pregnant until they are past the point where... The heartbeat bill in Ohio would kick in and make it illegal for them to get an abortion. The Missouri Attorney General, whose name is Eric Schmidt, has filed a lawsuit. So here we go, Dave Yost. You're the Ohio Attorney General. Eric Schmidt, who you may know, has the same job you do in the state of Missouri. He has filed a lawsuit against the city of St. Louis. See, city of St. Louis, city of Columbus. State Attorney General, city in the state. So far, follow me, Dave. The lawsuit would stop St. Louis officials from using taxpayer-funded resources to pay for abortions, including travel expenses and other costs to terminate pregnancies in other states. Boom! Thank you, Eric Schmidt. Please do this, Dave Yost. Please do this. There is no way the city of Columbus should be able to use any amount of taxpayer money to fund abortions and... If they indeed follow through on their rule that all city agencies not share, store, or gather surveillance related to residents' pregnancy outcomes or reproductive health procedures. What's that mean? In other words, if we have any evidence in the city of Columbus or any of our city agencies have evidence that anyone has obtained an abortion or is endeavoring to obtain an abortion in violation of Ohio law, we will not share it with law enforcement. That is, an elected or appointed state official, city official rather, city official, voluntarily attempting to violate the law, putting in place a procedure that would violate the law of the state of Ohio. Dave Yost's job as attorney general in the state of Ohio is to make sure the laws of the state of Ohio are followed. And you have a city council, Columbus City Council, that says in our city, we're not going to abide by that law. Dave Yost, I hope you marshal all your legal acumen, expertise, and the weight of your office and its best prosecutors to bring every single person who's a part of that decision in the city of Columbus, up on charges. Make them answer that case in court. Make them do it. Make the city defend it. That's the only way to fight. When you have the law on your side, when you have the truth on your side, you have when you have the law on your side, you have the truth on your side. So that is how you should fight that particular situation. It never ends. See, you thought that... If we could get Roe versus Wade overturned, that we would then have in states like Ohio, the trigger law, would make the heartbeat bill the law of the state, thus outlawing abortions for any woman whose child has a detectable heartbeat, most likely six weeks. Oh, that becomes the law? People will follow the law. No. See, we expect other people to follow the law, because we follow the law we would not we would not dream of willfully violating the law but that's not how it works on the other side if it's a law they don't like then it's a law that is what illegitimate or discriminatory or racist and so the only way to force compliance is to make them subject to the consequence of violating the law. Now, in the state of California, they have a collection of some very interesting laws. One of them, one of them, could make UCLAs joining of the Big Ten Conference, the conference with it with uh, in which Ohio State is a member, uh, somewhat problematic. What do I mean? Well, you might remember that way back in 2016, when North Carolina enacted a law that would make it a criminal offense for a biological male to use a women's bathroom, I know, it seems self-evident, right? That's not a law I'd have a hard time obeying. Not a law you'd have a hard time obeying. But if you're a transgender woman, a biological man, you want others to affirm your mental illness, by allowing you to use the restroom that you think you should be able to use. Never mind the fact that there might be little girls in that restroom or women in that restroom who would be made extremely uncomfortable or feel threatened or in fact be in peril by your presence in that bathroom. No, we must abide your delusion and we must entertain your mental illness and allow you to use that restroom. That was North Carolina way back in 2016. Now it is, of course, much more normalized for people all the way up the chain to the President of the United States to endorse that sickness. And so the state of California since 2016, because it firmly endorses this demonic activity, has outlawed the use of any state funds for travel to any state that does not allow transgender people to pretty much do whatever they want to do wherever they want to do it play sports in a category that is counter to their biological sex use a bathroom that is counter to their biological sex what does that mean for ucla's move to the big 10 i'll tell you next So when he's not visiting the White House to, uh, I don't know, measure the drapes for uh, when he envisions replacing Joe Biden, Uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom is issuing edicts that the UCLA Chancellor and Athletic Director will have to respond to regarding UCLA's move to the Big Ten. That is where Ohio State plays. Big news a couple weeks ago that UCLA... And USC are joining the Big Ten. Well, the thing that I wondered about when that happened was, USC is a private school, so it can do whatever it wants to do. UCLA is part of the University of California system. UCLA, in effect, is a branch campus of California University or Cal, right? You've heard of Cal Berkeley? Well, UCLA is a branch campus. The University of California at Los Angeles, much like the University of California Irvine or assorted other schools. Well, as a state school, UCLA runs on taxpayer money. And in the state of California, where they are first and foremost uh, four score behind every woke item they possibly can be, they have a state law that prohibits spending $1 of taxpayer money on travel to any state that discriminates against the LGBTQ agenda. How might states discriminate against the LGBTQ agenda in the mind of the crazy Democrats from California? Well, one way would be to enact legislation in your state, perfectly in line with the will of the voters in your state, I might add, that does not allow biological men to play women's sports in high school or in college. Now, to my knowledge, we do not have that rule here in Ohio. But I know Jenna Powell, representative to the General Assembly from Arcanum, is pushing for that. And I know Matt Huffman, the leader of the state Senate, the Republican side of the state Senate, which means he's the one of the top two most powerful people in the General Assembly, along with Bob Cupp, the Speaker of the House. Matt Huffman has said they are going to have... A bill, because 22 states have such a bill. It is becoming necessary. I know, sad but true, in our current culture, to limit the participation in girls' sports to girls. To biological girls, yes. We don't want to have here in the state of Ohio a situation where Will Thomas, a very average, by college standards, male swimmer, goes into the, Magic changing booth and becomes a woman, Leah Thomas, and thus wins an NCAA championship in an event where Will Thomas was ranked 446th in the country as a man. Okay, we have had many distinguished female athletes from the state of Ohio. One right now, Abby Steiner from Dublin. Shout out to Abby Steiner of Dublin. She's one of the fastest uh, sprinters in the world. She was fifth in the 100 meters at the World Track Championships. She and her teammates won the gold medal last night or over the weekend in the 4x100 meter relay and the 4x400 four relay. So Abby Steiner's coming home to Dublin with two gold medals. Would Abby Steiner have been a multiple state champion in the sprints as a Dublin Kaufman Shamrock if she had been competing against biological men? Probably not. Probably not. Would that have been fair to Abby Steiner? No. No, it would not. But fairness is in the eye of the beholder. And the state of California says, if you're a state that doesn't allow transgender men to play women's sports, we're not going to spend any money by sending any of our state employees to your state. So what does that mean for athletics? UCLA? I presume in joining the Big Ten, did not get a special waiver that it never has to travel to Indiana, Iowa, which right now have laws banning biological men from playing women's sports, or Ohio in the future. Indiana, what? Purdue and Indiana are going to play every game against UCLA in Westwood? The Iowa Hawkeyes have to always fly west and never welcome UCLA to Kinnick Stadium? That doesn't seem practical. Not even the goofballs who run the Big Ten would sign up for that. So I looked into this, and what I found is that when a UCLA coach wants to come to a state like Indiana, Ohio, Iowa, where there is one of these policies, anti-LGBTQ, in the eyes of the California wokesters, that coach has to spend money that is donated by a private donor. He cannot spend taxpayer money, not for a meal, not for a hotel. (laughs) When UCLA's football team inevitably in the future travels to Columbus, they're either going to have to, well, no, they can't bus in from Richmond because Indiana's, in their eyes, LGBTQ. Well, they could bus in from uh, Saline, Michigan. Someplace. What's on the Erie, Pennsylvania? They could bus in a couple hours before the game? Stay overnight in Erie? Or they have to have their trip paid for by private donors. So I was wondering, like, when is the LGBTQ lobby going to push back against this addition of UCLA to the Big Ten? But all you need to know about this is that UCLA's athletic department is hundreds of millions of dollars in debt. Hundreds of millions. What is the annual check that UCLA will receive for being a part of the Big Ten? It is in excess annually of a hundred million dollars. Presto changeo, faster than Will Thomas can go into a phone booth and become Leah Thomas. And transform from the 446th ranked swimmer in the United States to an NCAA women's champion. Faster than that, UCLA will wipe away its athletic budget deficit by becoming a member of the Big Ten. And thus, the state of California will prove that what matters most is not its allegiance to the LGBTQ ampersand hyphen tilde movement not to the alphabet mafia but rather to the good old bottom line so you knew when they joined the big 10 that ucla's motivation was money and even though it is against their state law they are going to find a workaround because a check for 100 million dollars it's a nice thing